incoming message. Synchronizing. Everybody, welcome to Terminal Transmissions. Danny and Garrett here coming at you. Yeah. Got some exciting stuff to talk about. Craft a couple of bits. Couple of them. One between one and two bits guaranteed <laughs> per episode. That is the Terminal Transmissions promise. I like it. One point like seven three bits if you round. <laughs> Why are our bits rounding down? Are they that bad? <laughs> no, I was that just... bit wasn't even a whole point. I just I wanted it to be like the uh when they do the the census and it's like okay well everyone's got 2.3 TVs and they've got like six and a half legs no. and never none of it ever makes any sense. No. This is like MMA scoring there's three people and they just throw points around depending on how they feel that night. I like it. There's some eights. There's always some eights. <laughs> 2928 <laughs> funny. All right. Let's get right down to it. Punisher TV series confirmed. Yeah. Real pumped about it. We were talking about early on. Oh, yeah. Like, as soon as... I think we were in, like, episode two. We're like, so is Bernthal going to get his own show? Because he absolutely has to get his own show. He was on screen. He was walking through that hospital with that sawed-off pump-action shotgun. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Don't don't drag it out and play around like this isn't going to happen. Right. Like, don't make us wait two and a half to three weeks after this series finishes (laughs) before you announce it. Because we all know. Yeah. Yeah. He was perfect. Yeah. He totally deserves it. He... I already loved Daredevil season one, and he brought Daredevil season two to new heights for me. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. I loved almost everything about Daredevil season two, but I would definitely say that he was one of the strongest parts of it for yeah. me. Yeah. He, he's up there now with like some of the other great casting, like Robert Downey Jr. as, as uh, Tony Stark. It, it's just incredible. And honestly, we were all skeptical when he first got cast. Yeah. We like, we, we could see it. We we're like, okay. But I didn't imagine it being like perfect. Like it was perfect. His his role, his all of it. He just did it perfectly. Yeah, I I, I still loved Thomas Jane's version, and I still do, of course. But it, yeah, it is crazy that I actually preferred, uh, you know, the Daredevil version over what I thought was basically perfect, yeah. which was Thomas Jane's version. And it's completely different, and it is more true to the comics that Punisher is just crazy. And I really like that they highlighted that so much. Yeah, they did a really good job of making him seem like... Not like a psychopath, but like he was definitely disconnected. Yeah, d- disconnected and, and unhinged. And they, But they added a lot of flavor there that you don't often see with like, oh, this character's crazy. Right. And I really like that. And I, I like the, the, all the subtlety that they gave him because in a lot of regards, he was a very unsubtle character. But then they gave him some subtleties, like adding in that little thing of him when he kills people and he would say that line from the book that he would read. And I, I loved that. I, I thought that that was a really cool touch. They explored more of the, of the family man side of Punisher. Right. 
in a, in a new and interesting way. And I really liked uh, Punisher with Tom Jane, and I really liked Warzone with um, Ray Stevenson, but those are like ruined for me now. Yeah, it's it's very hard to see a live action version of Punisher that isn't Bernthal. Yeah, which it's just going to be like, hey, here's a guy whose name happens to be Frank Castle, and he shoots people. Yeah. I loved it, and I'm so glad that he's getting his own show. I can't wait to see what they do with it. Uh, it has to be great. So, yeah, excited, pumped up, pumped up. Uh, so, Wheel of Time is finally getting a TV show. Yo, speaking of like shows that are getting confirmed, that's wild. Yeah, I w- I've I've been following this for a few years now. I'm a huge fan of the Wheel of Time. Uh, I'd say sometimes a little bit obsessive of a fan of yeah. the Wheel of Time. I, you might say. To a fault, I believe, is a phrase that might be used. (laughs) And so I'm so pumped up about this. I don't know how many of you would know about it, but there was an entire legal struggle over Robert Jordan's estate of the Will of Time series, the rights to a, a movie or a TV series. And this company known as Red Dragon Entertainment had the rights to it. And it was very convoluted as to how they even had the rights to it. Harriet, Robert Jordan's wife, when they first brought it up to her she was like i don't don't know who that is (laughs) and so how did did this happen what are you even saying yeah and so yeah it had been like bought by some studio a long long time ago and then something happened very convoluted that it was given to like a subsidiary of that studio and then that was bought by someone else who was bought by someone else and eventually the the enormous beloved franchise was somehow in the hands of this no-name company that no one knew anything about. Yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah, and so they ended up, something weird happened in which, in the contract, they had to put out something by a certain date. And so last year... Oh, yeah, they put out that hot garbage. Yeah, it was it was horrible. And It, it had, was like if someone took the Mystic Knights of Tirnanog and like <laughs> pretended that it was Wheel of Time. Yeah, it, it was very, very, very awful. And they put it up incredibly late at night where no one saw it. It was just a placeholder. So none of the details are out so far, but Harriet, Robert Jordan's wife, has come out and confirmed that they are back in control of it and that they're working with a top-level studio on it. They haven't announced who, but she said that we should expect news soon. All right, fingers crossed for Netflix or HBO. Yeah. I, what I what really if Game hope. of Thrones and Wheel of Time were both on oh, HBO? Oh, my like, What if it was back-to-back? That would be incredible. Sunday nights from like 8 to 10. Yeah. So she said that it's going to be cutting edge. And she said it's going to be exciting. That's pretty cool. I'm pretty pumped up about it. But there's zero other information about it at this time. Yeah. I- I'm I'm really excited about it, too. The show was spinning its wheels for a long time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, honestly, I haven't read the books. But all of my excitement comes from the last three years of living with Garrett and hearing him talk about it. I don't want to use the word incessantly because that almost is kind of like (laughs) has like bad connotations, but talking about it enough that I wanted to be in a coffin. Oh, okay. I love that. So now, now I'm actually excited about the show just because of how much you've talked about the show or the books and you know, you adore them. Yeah. I've had nothing to say but good things about them for the last three years that we've lived together. Yeah. And it, and it's also cool because seeing how, how well game of Thrones has done. And then I think that, I think that Will of Time would lend itself to a show just as much. It doesn't have as much sex. It has sex. It doesn't have as much. But it definitely has just as much, if not more, violence. Right. And it has more magic. 
and it, but it, in a really cool way that I've never seen in any other fantasy series. And it's just so its own thing that it would be so exciting to see it. Also, I think I messed up in that. I don't think it's red dragon. I think it's like red Eagle entertainment. I might have messed that up. Who cares? One of those two red entertainments. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who they are. One of those two red animals. Yeah, no one knows who they are, so it doesn't really matter, I guess. Yeah. They're not going to call up and be like, uh, we heard your podcast and you <laughs> said dragon. And this is Red Eagle yeah. Entertainment. Red Dragon is that uh, oh, yeah, the Edward Norton movie. Yeah. It's actually pretty dope. Ray Fiennes. So if you want to just keep rolling along with this theme of uh, exciting TV shows that are that are coming up soon... Watership Down reboot. Yeah. So it's a series, a mini series, uh, but it's being done by BBC and it's going to be aired on Netflix in America. But the exciting stuff is just the cast. Yeah, I saw like, that. It's really good. It is insane. So they had already had um, Nicholas Holt and Ben Kingsley confirmed. Yeah. Which is, of course, Beast and the Mandarin. <laughs> um, not that stupid Silvermouth idiot from that car movie because I hated that trash. Right. <laughs> I'm trolling. I know it's Mad Max. I just still didn't like the movie. But then they confirmed James McAvoy and John Boyega also. Yeah, which is so cool. So Such an interesting assortment of characters. Yeah. So I don't know how many people listening have read or seen Watership Down, but it's incredible. Uh, it's also like super dark. Yeah, very dark. It's like level 12 depressing. Yeah. But, it, but in like a good way. Yeah, I've never read it, but I watched it as a kid and it was... Very, very, very creepy. It's like traumatizing. Yeah. Even more so than like the Rats of Nim. Yeah. Which was in itself very similar and in a lot of ways very similar in theme. And it's Watership Down is even darker. Yeah. It's like literally here, watch these like cartoon rabbits like kill each other violently. Yeah. Like just get like gore, like like rabbit blood, like splashing around in a cartoon. So the thing about it is I'm su- I suspect because it's BBC and Netflix that they won't tone it down. Right, and honestly, if they did, I think it would be disingenuous to the to the book and the the original little miniseries. Um, but I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I think it's I, gonna be super I'm, any, cool. Anything with like pseudo anthropomorphized animals, yeah, me, just give me. Let me let me let me red wall off into the night. I don't yeah, care. absolutely. I was so. gonna say I, I I was about to say that it's weird that there's I've had conversations with people before about red wall being turned into a series, and I've been told by a couple different people over the years. Like, oh, but it'd be too dark. I'm like, Watership Down exists. And I feel like Redwall... Redwall is very dark, too. Right. But I feel like it it can't be more. Well, Redwall was actually made into an animated series. Was it? Uh, Yeah, sometime actually relatively around the same time as Watership Down. I did not know that. Yeah, you can find it and watch it on YouTube. Weird. Okay. Is it any good? Uh, It's all right. It's not great. But I think it's rolling around that time that it's about... We're about ready for a reboot. (laughs) <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. I love Redwall. We talked about it a million times. Oh, yeah. It's uh, yeah. There was a summer when I was living in Alaska where I read I reread the entire series. And this was like after they had already done like the last, like even like his like posthumous books had already come out. And I read like all of them in like three months. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, there was a there was a used bookstore not too far away from where my mom lived and they had them all for like a couple of dollars a piece. That's so cool. So I would just get like three or four and just crush through them and then go back and get three or four more and I actually got my mom to read a few of them. I don't remember how many she ended up reading. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, man, I've loved Redwall forever. So seeing more stuff like Watership Down coming back and, and it would be cool to see a Redwall reboot also. Yeah. But yeah. I, I definitely think so as well. So getting right down to it, 
uh, Game of Thrones, the second episode of the season. Are we giving a spoiler alert this time? Because yeah. we're going to talk about it. Not only are we going to talk about it, but we're going to talk about theories and conjecture and shit from the books. Yeah. So strap so, in or skip it. Yeah. So not only is this a spoiler alert for Game of Thrones for the episode, but also we're going to get into a little bit of what we saw for like the, the preview for the third episode too. So, oh yeah. So just spoiler for all of that in case, in case you care about that. Yeah. The very best thing of all is there's a counter on this ball. Skip it. <laughs> I hated that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Anyway. So yeah, we saw a ton of stuff. Just, just as a quick recap, we saw Bran get to telepathy around and just and just jump not only around but through time, which is really cool. And got to see his his family. Got to see Lyanna Stark for the first time, which is really cool. People have been waiting for that for a million billion years. Um, what else? We got Jon Snow getting resurrected. Hate it. Um, we got. Uh, Ramsey killing his dad and his stepmom and his brother and his half brother. Yeah. Well, he didn't really kill them. <laughs> yeah. He, he let it's slip circle of life. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's and not, then it's not illegal to whistle Garrett. And, yeah, I guess, I guess not. And then Aria completed a phase of her training. Yep. So didn't see too much of her. Didn't see any Daenerys. Didn't see any Dorn, but we saw a ton of stuff. We didn't see Jorah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, we did get to see uh, Resurrected Mountain smash a dude's head directly oh, into a wall. Oh, yeah. And got, speaking of smashing dude's head against the wall, we got to see one one also smash a dude's yeah, head against the wall. Yeah, we got to see a giant just nonchalantly just sling a dude to head first. Uh, yeah, I, I, I loved that. Uh, we got to see Tyrion make a joke about losing your genitals in front of two eunuchs. So that was funny. Yeah. They, they didn't think it was funny. Nah. <laughs> Like I don't little, think Grey Worm has a sense of humor anyway. Right. So double down. <laughs> we got to see a really cool scene with uh, Tyrion taking the chains off of two dragons. Oh, man. That scene was incredible. Yeah, it was awesome. His whole his whole like monologue there was it was just amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. And that's directly like from the books. I mean, that, that scene isn't, but that happened. Right. So they didn't just make that up for the TV show, which I was I was really pumped about. And that's something you and I have talked about previously, that in like the current time, Tyrion pretty much is the most learned person about dragons that exists. Yeah. Uh, and he totally it was on display in that episode, and I, I thought it was great. Yeah, there might be there might be like a maester. Yeah, some weird maester who's like off in a swamp just being like, ah, dragons are cool. I like scales. <laughs> but Tyrion was like, ooh, I read a book, and it told me about how smart they were, so I'm just going to do it. Yeah, and I love I loved that... I think it was, well, I don't remember. Maybe it was Viserion, but he like leaned over even so that he could eat more easily. Like take the, oh yeah, take yeah, the yeah, yeah. I loved that little tidbit. Yeah, it was really cool. We did have that complaint that they were both like indistinguishable. Yeah. They, they were, were the same size and color and it was like, you couldn't tell which one was which. Yeah. That was very annoying as, yeah. Unless you had like memorized their like horn and scale patterns from the previous seasons, yeah. then there was no way to tell which one was which. Really. Yeah. It was very strange. And I get it. Like the, he was. Seeing them in in like a firelight, yeah. He was seeing them from a torch in like a cavern, right? And they'd been down there just like getting dirty and gross for who knows how long. Yeah, so it makes sense a little bit, but I, I wish that it would have shown it a little bit more. But 
Yeah. I think it's going to be cool. I think I think we're about to see a lot more of the dragons, and I'm really excited about that. Up. I'm ready to see Tyrion riding on a dragoon. Yeah. So one thing uh, that I was going to mention earlier, but I waited for the Game of Thrones segment. When we were talking about Wheel of Time, and you would mentioned that Wheel of Time has sex, but not as much as Game of Thrones, we did it. We made it through an episode. There were no titties. Yeah. Yeah, no no, no sex. Nope. That's which is cool. It's it's interesting. We but. did it. Benchmark. <laughs> that was the big reveal. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Of course, it wasn't Jon Snow coming back. Yeah. So Jon Snow came back. I hated it. Two two reasons. One, and I'm sure it's not actually like pandering to the fans. I'm sure they were already going to do it, but it feels like it. Right. Uh, and two, and I've talked to you about this nonstop for the past four days. I don't like dead people being resurrected in fiction. It never pays out off. It's always bad. Yeah. And I get that. I, I'm not I'm not mad that it happened, but I I don't think it's what's going to happen in the books, which I get it. Like they are two separate things now. But it was also it seemed way too easy. I would have much preferred him warging into into ghost, and that would that would have been a lot cooler. I get that it's, it would be very difficult to do that right. in a television show. But yeah, it did. It did feel very fan servicey. It definitely did. So, and another thing is that, and we've talked about this on and off for the past couple of days, is that the whole like Beric Dondarrion thing. I don't care about that dude. Like, I don't care if he's like a tormented soul from like right. being resurrected and his body's like crushed. I don't want that to happen to John. Right. I like John. I don't want him to be like, "Ooh, I got brought back from the dead. I'm not supposed to be here." Yeah. Like my my organs are all torn up, and like I'm just like living some weird half life. Some pet cemetery, like psychosis, half life. I don't want that to happen to him. Right. Why does everyone want that? Yeah. Why do they want him to be that? Yeah, because I, I liked it that, like, when Davos came to Melisandre and, and asked if she could do it, she said it. Like, he's better off like he is. And I get it. A lot of people wanted him back. But it's it's like, okay, but that character's not going to be the same. And he is going to be like a tormented soul now. Yep. For forever. And if he dies anymore and keeps getting brought back like Beric Dondarrion, he's just going to be some shade of a shade of a shade of his former self. Yep. And there's some, there's some people out there who are willing to make him pay that price just so they can see him on TV. Yeah. So scum. <laughs> yeah. But it, it it is cool. And I'm, I'm interested to see how they, how they take it. I'm interested to see if he stays on the wall because technically that would invalidate. Yeah. His oath is paid. Yeah. Like oh until until I die guess what guys later I gotta go save the world um well, we'll see he might just stay yeah and then we saw that Thread Raven and Bran can just mentally time travel yeah which is really cool uh which I guess let's just let that lead into the, <laughs> yeah the preview yeah so in the preview it showed two big things the first being we'll we'll let you talk about the Tower of Joy and then I'll talk about the other thing. That I think that I sure locked. Okay, so it seems like it is showing by numbers that it's going to show the Tower of Joy scene in the next episode, which is really exciting because that's something that we haven't even gotten to really see in the books. It's the most exciting. So we know from piecemeal stories that Ned and Howland Reed and three other men went to rescue Lyanna from the Tower of Joy in Dorne. And there were three members of the Kingsguard there, uh, one of which was Gerald Hightower and one of which was Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning. 
and three of Ned and Helen Reed's compatriots were killed and all three of the Kingsguard were killed. And it looks like we're going to get to see that scene. And then potentially I doubt it would be in the same one, but maybe we might just get to see what happens afterward, which is going to be wild. Yeah. So watching the, the little piece, it looked like maybe they were like a little bit younger than they were intended to be. Yeah. Um, like they looked like they were like 18. Yeah. Um, and it also looked like there were only two Kingsguard in the clip. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see a third one. Yeah. Um, but I think that is the correct age, though. Well, because that's the weird thing. It would be the correct age for the books. Right, 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 right. Yeah, because Ned, Ned and uh, Robert were supposed to be like 30. Right, but in the show, everyone's like 70,000 years older than they're supposed <laughs> yeah. to be in the books. Yeah, because they were supposed to be, at the beginning of Robert's Rebellion, they were still being fostered at the Eerie. Right. And you're you're fostered, or you're, you come of age at 16. So that would put them at right around 16 years. Uh, and then the other thing that we saw. So here's the deal. It shows someone uh, approaching uh, Winterfell or arriving at Winterfell and telling Ramsey, I have a gift for you. So based on the end of the episode, it seems like it's heavily implied that it would be Theon. Right, because he had that whole monologue about like, no, oh, I have to go back because like I hate myself and I want right. to be like tortured to like atone. And then immediately afterwards, you see, oh, I have a gift for you. But I thought that that was too obvious, and there's no reason to put it in the trailer if it's just Theon. Right. So I came up with a theory that it's Rickon, and after I came up with that idea, I started looking into it, and now I'm like ninety nine point nine percent positive that it's Rickon. Yeah. So, back in season three, episode nine, when Bran sent them away, when he sent Rickon away, he told uh, Asha to take him to Last Hearth. Right. Which is where the Umbers are. Mm -hmm. In the episode, episode two, when Ramsey's like going off about like who he has to back him up, uh, he mentioned three houses, and it was the Umbers was one of them. I don't remember the other two. Manderly and Karstark. There you go. Um, fake Stark. Uh, uh, one of them two Starks. So that right there is like a huge indication. And then if you watch the, the trailer right before that scene where it shows the guy being like, I have a gift for you. It shows banners arriving at Winterfell and it's totally the, the umber sigil. Like it's totally the, yeah. the four chains connected to a ring. So I'm like 99.9% sure that it's Rickon. And if it is, then that means probably, Osha and Shaggy Dog are both dead. Yeah. Uh, which sucks because I'm tired of the direwolves dying. Yeah, it really does suck. And then they're like the only characters that want to stay alive and they're just getting like killed. Yeah. Um, and then it probably means that Rickon's going to die because it's a way for the show to kill another Stark without killing, <laughs> killing like a main character, like a character that people care about and are going to Jon Snow about and cry on the internet until they bring him back to life. Right. Cause Rickon's been gone since season three, the middle of season three. Yeah. Nobody even thought about him until now. Yeah. Um, I just hate the idea of Ramsey, like whatever he would do. Yeah. And I, it does totally make sense. Like your theory does absolutely make sense. I hope it's not true or that if it is true, that it's like a, it's a ploy. Like hopefully it is a ploy because, and again, we're getting back into the whole thing of, Oh, in the books, though, you know. And I know what you're going to say. 
I just don't understand how that would pay off for them. But go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's a very interesting thing. So the great John, who is the Lord of the Umbers, is still alive. And he is captured and being held at the Twins. And it would make sense if maybe the Umbers... Because, see, the Karstarks are totally with the Boltons. They just threw in with them because uh, Rob killed the Lord of House Karstark. Right. But the Umbers don't have that. And if anything, they would be opposed to the Boltons. And the only reason they would ever be working with them is because they have the Great John. So hopefully they're going to try to pull a fast one. I don't know what that would even mean or entail. Well, okay, so... Pull a fast one doesn't really do anything, right? Right. Because they're maybe they're just going to try and trade. That, see, that's what I was thinking. Like, hey, we've got this dude though. Can we have our lord back? But that still ends up with yeah with Rickon being with Ramsey, which sounds like yeah the worst thing that's ever happened. We will see. But yeah, I think I think your theory totally makes sense, and it sucks, and I don't want it to happen. But yeah. and it's also like just to get real, that kid who plays Rickon's not a good actor. He's terrible. Yeah. And I can't imagine them being like, all right, you're back now. You're going to be relevant for the next three seasons. Yeah, it's true. Maybe maybe he got better. Maybe he'll get sent away again. (laughs) No, he's dead. He's dead. That kid's dead. Watch. Just wait and see. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, anything else? Game of Thrones? I mean, I'm just hyped up to see Tower of Joy next week, even if it's only a piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. Just to see that fight. Because it was funny because I was just griping about how we hadn't gotten to see any of House Dane at all. And then getting to see Sir Arthur Dane apparently wielding two swords. So pretty pumped. Yeah. I think it's going to be really cool. So that'll be a cool fight scene. We'll get to see like knights in their prime fighting, which is real. So let's talk about science a little bit. Absolutely. Technological advances. Yeah. Really cool ones. Oh, yeah. So the thing that I want to get into is Sony filed a patent for some really, really cool smart contact lenses. So previously, Google and Samsung have both already filed patents for their own little like smart contact lenses. Right. So Sony's just basically joining the scramble to be like, who's going to re- release <laughs> like a future contact lens first? Um, but the Sony one, the patent itself is really cool. And obviously, this is all like theoretical avant-garde technology, right? We There's not even like a prototype. They're just like, oh, we had an idea. Yeah. Put a stamp on it. But basically, the, the Sony one specifically is like a camera. Yeah. They it's, really they really pushed for like the camera technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's literally like a little camera you put in your eye. You like blink to take photos. You can like store them. There's actually storage mm-hmm. in the contact lens, which is wild. Um, the I think the Google and the Samsung both just transmit wirelessly to an external I know hard for drive. sure that the Samsung one does. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So the Sony one actually has a tiny little like storage device which in super cool. inside the contact lens, which is absolutely wild. But yeah, you can actually like zoom and like focus and like all kinds of different little features just with the, the movements of your eye. It measures the actual movement of your pupil, but it also has like pressure sensitivity. So the actual like roundness of your eye as it moves, you yeah, can, you can make different gestures with the shape of your eyeball, which is absolutely insane to me. I think that that was the coolest part and the part that jumped out the most to me was that not only do you control it with your eye, like the movements of your eye, it can differentiate when you blink versus when you purposefully are doing like a weird eye thing. Oh, yeah. 
That's so cool to me. That's mind blowing to me. They were they were able to measure that when you involuntarily blink, it's like minusculely faster than when you blink on purpose. Like your mind choosing to blink can't replicate the movement quite as fast as the involuntary like natural blink. Yeah. And so they just it's like it's literally like like point zero two seconds difference that they just okay the sensors pick it up and if it's this fast they know it's just a normal blink. And then if it's this slow, then they know that you're doing it on purpose. Yeah, that's so crazy. And then also what's cool about this one is that not only can you take pictures and you can take video, but then you have a playback function within the lens itself. Oh, yeah. Which is so cool to me because I had just been thinking about with the other ones. Cool. You can take video or you can take pictures and then I can look at it on my phone later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is just... No, I want to pull it up. That thing that just happened, I want to pull it up and review it right now. Right in front of my face. Augmented reality, real time. That's the coolest thing that's ever happened. It's up there. <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm blown away by this. Yeah. And it's so neat because I remember just, just a few years back, Google Glass was mind-blowing. And now it's just, no one cares. Yeah, yeah, Google Glass is like plebeian stuff now. Yeah, it's like, who cares? I'm just going to stick this contact lens in my face and then I'm not going to have to look like a dork. We are rapidly approaching like daily lives involving like VR, AR, and MR. MR yeah. is mixed reality for those who don't know. <laughs> but yeah, we're, it's, we're T minus years away from everyone just has like some sort of headset or lens or contact that just projects things up on real life at all times. Yeah, I love it. And it, just to think that in our lifetime, we got to see cell phones become a, an everyday thing, ubiquitous thing. And then seeing them go from something that didn't have screens to something that, you know, like an iPhone to potentially that being obsolete, not only just in our lifetime, but potentially very quickly. Yeah. Before, before we turn 40. Yeah. It just, will happen before we turn 40. Yeah. And it's just like, we won't need that anymore. Yep. You might have to have a device, but you could just like stick it in your pocket or put it in your wallet or wear it as a watch. Yep. And it just has all of the computing power. And then you just beam anything that you would normally have on a display, you would just beam that into a contact lens. Shut up. That's the coolest thing. Or, or like the magic leap where they're actually just like projecting it inside your eyeball. So it just looks like it's in real life. Yeah. Which if for any people that haven't seen that yet, go check, go check that out immediately because it is amazing. Yeah. Actually, if you follow me or are friends with me on my personal Facebook, go look at the article that I posted today from wired magazine about, specifically about magic leap it's like a really incredibly long read it's like an hour but it is an amazing amazing article and it goes into everything from like the beginning the 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 origins of vr up to magic leap and including like contact lenses and microsoft hololens and all that stuff and it's a really 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 well written and well researched article right so you should go read that that's awesome yeah we should throw that up on the site too for sure uh, jumping over a little bit, but still in science vein, scientists and doctors are now working on trying to be able to resuscitate potentially like clinically dead persons, people that have sustained brain injuries, but the rest of their body is okay. Yeah. And then they're just going to shoot them up with stem cells and other medicines, magic medicines. Hit them with some lasers. <laughs> yeah. Just do, just do other therapy that's worked for persons in comas and whatnot. But to potentially take someone that, you know, up until now, even even right now with science and medicine, if you're clinically dead, it's like, okay, well, should we just pull the plug and harvest their organs because they're not coming back? 
But now this this could potentially be an, an enormous game changer where that might just never happen again. Yep. That's so crazy to me. And it's like, so essentially they got approval to try this on 20 different patients who are yeah. all clinically brain dead but are on life support. Right. And they're just going to hit them with the cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to be like, okay, we got the thing, we got the other thing, we got the stem cells, we got the lasers, we got the warm feet, we got the blood transfusion. <laughs> just blast them with it. Yeah, and just see what works. Yeah. Just see what we can make work. And, it's uh, so cool. Yeah, it is really cool. And I, and I get it that it's, it's one of those things that you know people who are scientifically conservative will be against it because stem cells, et cetera. But if it, if it works, if it even works 50% of the time, yeah. that's incredible. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a complete game changer in that regard. It's, right now, it's just those people are just dead. Yep, you just have to be like, oh, I hope that you randomly wake up at some point because that just happens yeah. or doesn't. Yeah, hopefully they're organ donors so that their life can be you know, meaningful or have some kind of meaning in the end. Yep. And it could just be in the next few years because of this this type of, of thing, these, these types of investigations into different therapies that it could, that could just never happen again. It's like, Oh no, we just shoot them up with, with the stem cells and do these other therapies. And they just come back because there are other organisms that get to do that. Like, was, no. <laughs> and so that's really cool to me. The, the idea that we could just have all sorts of stuff get solved because of these types of, of clinical trials. Oh, pretty neat stuff. Yep. It's more towards the transhumanism. Mine and Garrett's favorite thing to talk about. It really is. Immortality, augmented reality eyeballs, robot arm, (laughs) sign me up. And, of course, my two beards. (laughs) Which is a new sitcom I'm going to be starring in. Two and a half beards. (laughs) What is the extra half a beard for? (laughs) It's a lighter. (laughs) I was going to... That one's Australia. (laughs) That was a down under reference. That was a rescuer's reference, of course. Yeah, yeah, you guys have seen it with the big golden eagle and whatnot. Right, an albatross. Anyhow. So I like video games a lot. Let's uh Do you? Let's talk about video games. They exist. <laughs> news to me. New speaking of news, we've got some video game news. <laughs> they uh they released an announcement trailer for uh Warhammer forty K Dawn of War three. I loved the first Dawn of War. Back when it came out in like uh, 2005. I don't even remember. It's been a long time. Um, I played that game to death. It is actually probably my second favorite RTS of all time. Oh, wow. Really? After Warcraft 2. Yeah, man. It's just, I really like Warhammer 40k. Uh, I never super got into the miniature game just because it's like $11.3. The reason it's called 40k is because that's how many dollars it costs. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It's like, second, it's like worse than Hero Clicks. It is way worse than Hero Clicks. Whoa! I'm not even kidding. That's gross. that that thing that I showed you earlier, that uh, Carnifex. Right. Those are like forty bucks for one. What? Yeah, I'm not kidding. And that's unassembled, unpainted. Uh, so then you have to put time into it. Also, no. anyhow, so getting to play with those really really cool factions and units without having to pay for the miniatures was really cool. Um, and it was a great game. I mean, it wasn't the best, but it was a good enough of a real time strategy game with good enough graphics and good enough factions and all that and, and mechanics that it was a great game. And to see that they're making a new one now in like full, like modern, modern gen. Yeah. Um, I'm just really hyped up about it. Yeah, it absolutely looks cool. I, I never got into it. I'd, I'd never played the original games, but it is cool to see something like that because I always loved Starcraft and Starcraft was one of my favorite. Starcraft is my favorite of the RTSs. Yeah. 
and to see something a la StarCraft, but having a ton more factions, because that was always my my only real kind of complaint with StarCraft was you only had the three. And I always thought that it would be cooler for them to go wonky with it. And it's cool that Warhammer is basically just StarCraft with like a ton Yeah, yeah, StarCraft, StarCraft is absolutely objectively a ripoff of yeah. Warhammer 40k. Oh, yeah. And as soon as, you, as soon as you showed me those, like the Carnifex and those, I don't know, what was the faction called? Uh, the Tyranid? Yeah. Yeah, there's Zerg. Yeah, and it's there's just Zergs. Zerg. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the Protoss are Eldar. Oh, okay. That makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah. And then the uh, Space Marines, Space are, the Marines are the Terrans. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. So yeah, but that video looked absolutely incredible. Yeah, and I love that they're putting such an emphasis on the huge units. Oh yeah. Oh well, that was that was the case in the in the first game. Really? Yeah, yeah. They kind of so the second game. The reason I didn't like it as much is because it kind of went more of like a Warcraft three route. Which oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't hate Warcraft three, but I really like the focus on like the army. Yeah. Whereas they brought the more focus onto the heroes, mm-hmm. uh, and they are doing that. They're going to have sort of both. Oh, okay. they, they, in Dawn of War three, they're going to have like a, a focus on the big, giant, massive units, but then also there's going to be hero characters. Which is okay, cool. that's awesome. As long as they don't like super drill, because I mean, Warcraft three basically led to us having League of Legends, which is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. um, and by basically, I mean directly. Right. Um, See, I thought I thought that in the new one that the big units were the heroes. I oh, didn't. No, 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 no. That's awesome. So those, uh, like I was telling you, the big, like, bony white mecha that came out. Yeah. Uh, those are uh, Wraith Lords from the Eldar. Those were, I think, the biggest unit in, in Dawn of War 1, if I remember correctly. Okay. But from what I read earlier, they're going to have way bigger units than those. Oh, there's even bigger yeah, ones yeah, than those. Yeah, like what we saw in that trailer are not the biggest units in the game <laughs> by, by uh, any stretch of the imagination. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. I definitely want to dial into this. You should look up some of the, like, ridiculous, like, Chaos Space Marine, like, giant, like, weird gothic cathedral-like juggernaut ships. Like, they have, like, spaceships that just look like gothic cathedrals. What? Yeah, they're bonkers. Okay, I'm going to have to. Bonkers, yeah, totally I'm going to have to check this out. Um, So, yeah, I'm really, really, really excited to see that because I hadn't heard anything. I mean, Dawn of War 2 came out not very long after in the grand scheme of the years. Yeah. Like, maybe two. Okay. So, it's been... Like a decade. Wow. Okay. Uh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time. So really, really cool to see that. And like you said, the, the cinematic, they were, they didn't play any, show any gameplay, but the cinematic was incredible. Yeah. It was very, very cool. Very, very theatrical, which I always like. I always like, that's one of the things that I loved most about the original Starcraft game, even though it's, it's like 17 and a half years old now. Um, oh yeah. Sell me on it with a movie. Yeah. Is they, they had a bunch of movies within the storyline and it was awesome. It was so cool. I mean, now looking back on it, it's probably terrible graphics. But at the time, that was next level stuff. And I remember getting hooked by it. So another game that's coming out that I just found out about the other day that you've known about for a while. Apparently. I'm so sorry for this. Yeah, I can't believe it. Uh, it's Technomancer. The thing is, is that I've been seeing sponsored ads for it on my Facebook for like months and months and months. So I just kind of assumed that you would have seen it by now. Yeah, no, I, I, I hadn't seen any. And yeah, I get I get a lot of food, food sponsored ads. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm clicking on different stuff than you. <laughs> anyway, Technomancer is a rad looking game. It's set on Mars. You have a ton of different options that you can choose from. You have three different weapon styles. You have the bow staff, you have gun and throwing knives, and then you have shield and like cudgel or like a mace. And that already looked rad, and you can swap between them. Right. But then you have, additionally, you have four skill trees, and it does state on their website 
that you will have actual technomancy. It only shows that you have lightning powers, but it doesn't show you actually doing technomancy. And I was kind of worried that they were just calling being able to zap a robot, right? Uh, technomancy, but their hands. Yeah, and so I was, I was like, if you call something, you know, technomancy, you better be a technomancer. It better not just work identical to a shot glove. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Eel wear. Yeah, but no. So that they they say that you do get technomancy, but as far I I, I tried finding it and I couldn't find any specifics of what that is going to entail, but I'm hoping that you get some bots, which would be really cool. Or at least some kind of cool technology that you can control. I don't know. They could go, they can go all kinds of different ways with it. I just, I want it to be more than just like infamous on Mars. Yeah. So Um, they, the, the company who's making it, they previously released another game in the same universe. Right. Uh, that didn't do as well, but it definitely had like actual technomancy. Like you could oh, actually did it? like hack panels with your mind and, and things oh, like that. Oh, okay. So I can't imagine that they would not have it. I'm really excited about this game. It looks gorgeous. The settings look really great. The combat looks really fluid. It looks kind of similar to the whole like uh, Assassin's Creed or like Arkham City yeah. style combat. Yeah. Um, not quite as like lock on and parry, but right. just very like fluid and like jumping around on the battlefield. The the creatures on Mars look really, really cool. Yeah, they did a very good job of that. Like making them very like, creepy. Like hybrid chimera nasties. Yeah. Um my one major concern with the release of this game, do you know the release date? No. The is it No Man's Sky? Is June twenty first, oh, two thousand and sixteen, the same day that No Man's Sky comes out. Oh man, and we're so we're definitely not gonna be able to play it ever. Yep. Lock me up. That's first and foremost, we're never going to play it once. Second and foremost, <laughs> it's just going to blend in. Oh, yeah. It's gone, though. That's a terrible date. Yeah. What? Yeah. Why would you do that? Uh, like, I know that the games are nothing alike, but they're enough alike in in theme and premise. Well, and the thing about No Man's Sky is it's so hugely anticipated that even it's not even just coming down to are they the same so that people will pick one or the other. Right. People just aren't going to have time to play Technomancy. Yeah, I already had... I, I mean, I keep my nose, you know, to the ground here pretty well in terms of video game news. And... Uh, <laughs> Did you just combine <laughs> yeah. nose to the grind and ear to the ground? <laughs> yeah. I got to move out. <laughs> I can't live like this anymore. Somebody buy me a coffin because I'm going in the dirt about that. I'm glad you caught that. I was I was trying to do it like a, a portmanteau bit. I hated it. Excellent. Anyway, uh, that was the plan. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I hadn't heard of this game. And so everyone in the world is talking about No Man's Sky. Yeah. So it's not a good sign that no one's really talking about your game anyway, but then also to make it come out on the exact same day. I would say even in the same month would be a bad call. But the exact same day? Come on. Don't live your life like that. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. But hopefully it'll be really cool. I'm sure that I can fit it in at some point when I'm I'm like docking my ship and loading it up on my second PS PS4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> PS4.5. Oh, okay, yes, I'll keep. I won't trade my original PS4 in. I'll I'll keep the second one. Well, no, no, no. you throw the first one away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. But speaking of No Man's Sky, if we want to talk about space games with spaceships. Yeah. Uh, I found out about this game called Everspace. Which looks really, really cool. It's been a long time since I played like a like a space flight simulator, like yeah. a game where you're just in a ship. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Like dog fighting. Yeah, yeah. But I just happened across this game recently, and it looks really, really, really cool. Uh, it is PC only, so that's a little bit of a <laughs> of a conundrum for me because I don't have a gaming PC right now. Um, I'm planning on buying one uh, or building one within the next few months, and I'm pretty sure this game doesn't even have a release date yet. Oh, so you're so good to go. I should be fine. But it's all it's all space dogfighting. Um, it's roguelike. So you start the game, you you have a ship, you go out. So your goal is you're basically just given a destination. Okay. And you're intended to just get there. Uh, and and then however you get there is, is up to you? Yes. And so you'll be going through like nebula and like different galaxies and like warp gates and black holes. It's a really long process to get there. Oh, okay. Uh, and you're going through a nonlinear story. There is a story progression. Okay. Um, but the destination changes every time. Oh, what? So you'll see completely different stuff. That's awesome. That's really um, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Also, apparently, they've gone out of their way to make the fact that you die and come back to life, because it's a roguelike, yeah. part of the storyline oh, that you'll so figure cool. out as you progress further. That's so cool. Yeah, so you respawn, uh, start back at the beginning with a new destination. You keep any skills or anything like that you've done, any leveling you've done, tree like skill tree that you've unlocked, and any money. And then you build a new ship that's better, and then you try to get further that's until so you cool. die. I love but that mechanic. But they've actually made it so that dying is like important, and instead of just being like a, a penalty. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. That's a really cool idea, yeah. especially for like a space game, a sci-fi game where you can just use cloning technology. That's awesome. Yeah. I love, I love the idea, and it looks gorgeous. Yeah, it really is really, really pretty. Plus, from the video, it showed that you can also swap to third person. Oh, yeah. Which is a complete necessity for me because some games don't allow you to. Yeah. Some dogfighting games stick you only in first person, and I absolutely hate it. I get it, but I just have a really hard time. I have so much more fun from a third person perspective in every game. Um, I kind of had the theory. So in the game, your turrets are not locked in place. Oh, okay. So you can actually, if you're in first person... You can point your ship, and then you can move your targeting reticle anywhere within your the, the cockpit. Okay. So it's not quite as like, point the ship at yeah, this villain yeah. to get him. So you're not just like going forward and then turning around and chasing him, and then going in and turning around and chasing him. You Which can is like really do cool. really, really slick like strafing maneuvers because the the types of jets that the ships have, and then just be like following him within your like windshield, essentially. Okay. Um, so I like that because most of the dogfighting games in that are set in space are just basically the same as dogfighting games set with real jets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in space. Yeah. But the mechanics still work the same, which doesn't make any sense. Right. So I, li- I like that. I like that they actually stepped, stepped away from that idea a little bit and took a chance. And I, I think that that's really cool. Yeah, and it is Unreal 4, and they've gone really, really hard on like trying to make the physics really good. Um, so there's lots of really cool like acceleration and deceleration physics and all that stuff. That's um, awesome. Like when big capital ships explode, it'll totally like knock your ship for a loop. Oh, that's awesome. Um, one thing that I saw earlier was a video of destructible environment isn't really the right term, but it is. So when you think of that, you're like, ooh, I can blow this building up. Right. But if you find like a derelict ship or like a meteor a meteor, an asteroid. Uh, you can actually like, you have like mining lasers. Oh, cool. And instead of like in other games where you just point at it until it explodes, you can actually like actively Knock parts of it off. Yeah. Like cut into That's like a rock. So cool. Yeah. Like following the laser and like cut it in half or like cut like a circle in it. I love that. That's yeah. so cool. That's so cool. And I they love said, it. uh, I watched a video where they, they said that they've gone out of their way to put a lot of like asteroid fields and like, 
nebulas and like you know debris and like black holes and stuff that you can use to your advantage like actually like sneaking up into like like debris of a destroyed capital ship and like taking cover behind a piece of it oh, and then so waiting awesome. for the like the enemy ships to like pass and then like following them and like just taking them out oh, that's that's my favorite yeah it looks really cool it already had an incredibly successful kickstarter it already went through green light on steam and got approved there uh it's in alpha right now and you can sign up for the beta so as long as it just doesn't come out until i'm able to finish building my pc we're good to go <laughs> awesome so on to movies we have civil war coming out technically friday we get to see it thursday at midnight and when we release this it'll be today oh cool so in the future everybody go see civil war if you can if you can find tickets i guess we've we've had ours for a few months now so oh well, yeah if you go to plebe theaters they might have tickets <laughs> i bought our tickets literally the second they went on sale um like a psychopath i bought 10 um and you but, still have two extra no no no. they're all gone now awesome cool cool yeah mickey invited some people excellent yeah so i'm pumped up about it supposedly it's the greatest marvel movie yet which i hope isn't <sighs> just hyperbole <laughs> Hyper, hyperbole <laughs> Um, which is, of course, the sequel to Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> Comes out every year. Yeah, I've seen multiple articles. I haven't read any of them because I'm like a freak show about spoilers. But I've seen multiple articles that were titled like redefining the comic book genre. Like this is the best one yet. Marvel oh. like shuts themselves down. They've just destroyed everything they've created by making this movie so good, et cetera, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I'm so, so fired up about this, man. Oh, yeah. No, this is this is cool because it's basically like we talked about. It's basically just Avengers three. Oh yeah, it's like Avengers four. Let's, let's <laughs> they skipped one. We're we're getting Black Panther and Spider Man. Yeah, that's like we skipped a few ninety nine hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be awesome, and yeah. everything that we've seen from it so far looks incredible. I think it's gonna be so good. I'm I'm real antsy about it. I'm really really antsy, and like I said earlier, I would care about Spider-Man being in this movie if Black Panther weren't in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm so fired up about Black Panther. Yeah, because we haven't gotten to see him yet. We, we've had 82 uh, Spider-Man movies, and we haven't gotten to see Black Panther yeah, ever. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen Spider-Man done to death and, yeah. and back. And, and Black uh, Panther's just going to fly in and just be stabbing people with his super non-lethal claws. Oh, yeah, non-lethal. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, these are our team members. Don't just slash them up. Don't turn them into coleslaw. Yeah, we... So we've talked several times before about how certain superheroes just can't ever be non-lethal. Right. <laughs> and Black Panther is definitely one of them. Yeah. And the bit was he's going to be fighting the Avengers. And it's like, oh, you're fighting Hawkeye. Don't like, don't slash his throat with your adamantium claws. Yeah. Or vibranium claws, rather. Yeah. Uh, yeah like you're super, super vibranium. Yeah, like vibranium 2, electric boogaloo. Don't just kill all these people. Because, I mean, they're all just like... Yeah, that that all of his enemies are just the the Joes. Yeah, so like yes, Cap is is really dope, but he could get told no with a claw. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. We get Baron Zemo. Yeah, Crossbones is gonna be there. Yeah, yeah. also getting to see Winter Soldier actually be a team player because we haven't seen that yet. We've, we've seen him. Yeah, we've we've gotten to see him work with. Hydra. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the whole first act is going to be them trying to get him to be on their team. Yeah, which is still cool. Oh yeah, absolutely. But then also so far he's been just, you know, top-notch dude and we're going to get to see him actually just get like punched. Yeah, I'm predicting the first act is going to be all about Crossbones and Winter Soldier. 
Okay. Second act will be the actual civil war, right? The whole team hating each other. And then third act will be like, oh, no, Baron Zemo made some thing. And now you guys have realized <laughs> that it was idiotic of you to fight amongst yourselves. Now you have to team up again. Oh, yeah. Now you have to team up again. Oh, Cap's dead. Oh, yeah. You think they're going to do it? I think they will. Yeah. I think they're going to. Especially now that they've seen that Han Solo went over okay. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to kill him. And, I mean, everybody knows he's going to come back. Right. That's like the that's part of it. There's yeah. no way they're going to have Infinity War without Cap. Yeah, totally true. Totally true. Yeah, yeah I wasn't I, a huge... I think they will. I think they'll kill him. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of Civil War, the story arc within the comic books themselves. I liked parts of it. I liked parts of it a lot. And it wasn't because Cap died. I actually thought that that was really cool, that they that they took the plunge the on that. him. But there were parts of it that I really liked. I liked the suit that Spider-Man got. A lot. I think that I thought that it was really cool. It was basically like an an Iron Man suit yeah, yeah. for Spider Man. Like Iron Doc Ock Spider Man. So cool. He could breathe underwater and just get people. All sorts of cool tech. And a lot of other cool things happened in Civil War, but then a lot of real weird stuff happened. Specifically for me that Tony Stark was made almost irredeemable. Yeah. Like they took everything cool. The, basically, almost you know, almost to the point of Hank Pym and the Ultimates, right, right, right. Where it's like, okay, well, I can never like this character again. And they might actually go that route because uh, Robert Downey Jr. doesn't really want to keep doing these, right? Um, he said that he would maybe do a fourth Iron Man movie, but like maybe just do it, maybe just make him irredeemable. Yeah, and and that would that would make sense if they're going to go that route. That would totally make sense because I I loved Iron Man as a kid. He was one of my my favorites as a kid and in civil war, I almost didn't want to keep reading civil war because of how much it was making me hate Tony Stark. Right. So do this, make him irredeemable in this movie. And then in infinity war part two, have him revisit the end of Avengers one and sacrifice himself to stop Thanos, but actually die. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Cause that would be a cool way of actually bringing him back. Yep. And I mean, he's like traumatized now. That was all I heard in Iron Man 3. It was like, oh, New York happened. I don't want to wear a suit. I'm going to take out my source of power and then inexplicably have it back in Ultron. I hated that. I hated that. Not only did I not like Iron Man 3, but I hated that specifically more than anything else. Oh, it yeah. was like, okay, we're going to have this poignant scene at the end that doesn't make any sense. Of him being like, oh, I don't need the arc reactor anymore, and I don't need any of these cool toys I've got. I built like 40 suits, and I'm just going to blow them all up, and I'm going to take one of my arc reactors and throw it away. And then, like 15 minutes later, there's another movie, and he's just back, and he just has a whole mess of other suits. Yeah, and it's not even like, they didn't even have one second where he was like, oh, yeah, I realized that I have to. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't not. Yeah, they just they just never talked about it. Yeah. It was like Iron Man 3 never happened, which is also called my life. Let me just take a minute to say, <laughs> hey, Shane Black, if you screw up the new, like the Predator reboot, um, just, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> Don't screw up the Predator reboot. Come on. you Would would you even have a career if you hadn't been that guy in Predator who was the first guy to get killed? Oh. Would you have ever right. got to, would you have ever got to butcher Iron Man 3 if you didn't get killed in Predator? <laughs> would you ever invented dice when you were a kid? <laughs> that's a terrible reference thank you i liked it myself anyway civil war is gonna be rad i everyone in the world's gonna see it we're gonna see it in 48 hours 
I'm real pumped. When you're real tired. When we when we release this on Friday is the day that it comes out. So hopefully we didn't spoil anything accidentally. We didn't know. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah. In future news. <laughs> yeah. In future news, I'm sorry that Cap died and I spoiled it. I yeah, didn't, what if, I what didn't if, know. What if every single like postulation that you had comes true and it's just it like, wouldn't be oh. the first time. Yeah, and it's like, oh, we promise we actually recorded this on what's today, Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday yeah. last. We t- we totally recorded this on Tuesday, so we didn't actually know any of this was going to happen. Oh, yeah, we recorded this on Tuesday, and we didn't like read anything or like watch anything or anything like that. This is all just my psychotic brain, and this is really all I do. Honestly, you can ask Garrett. Yeah. All I do is just like, ooh, but what if like this is what happened? It's real. What if it was Rick on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's totally real. So, anyway, it's going to be rad. All I care about is Black Panther. That's, like, all I care about. Do you think it's going to break all the uh, all the records? I mean, no, because I don't think it will beat Star Wars. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it might be the best-selling Marvel movie so far. That would be neat. I don't think anything... It's going to be It's gonna be a very tall order for something to beat Star Wars, unless it's another Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Like, Rogue One might be hype enough. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that trailer. Anyway... Yes, Civil War comes out. I'm excited. I can't wait. So there you have it. Best movie. Hopefully. In future news. Fingers future crossed. News. So on to some cool stuff in the Kickstarter world, which I'm always interested in. We've got Brixo, which I'd seen a couple times before, and uh, we hadn't. We had decided not to do it before, but now, perfect time. So cool. It's basically Legos that have circuits built into them, so that you can build things that not only look cool like Legos, but also have functions and you build those functions and it looks awesome. Yeah. It looks really, really, really cool. It's like literally, I mean, it's not Lego. It's not like an authorized Lego product. Right. They're little identical little like blocks, but yeah, it's really cool. You can build like circuits and like program them with like different functions and yeah. like, little like LEDs and like, yeah, it has it has Bluetooth functionality, so you'll be able to. I don't know. I guess they'll probably come out with their own app that right. will, will kind of you know proprietary built in. But uh, yeah, you can you can build it to do certain things, program them to do certain things. Uh, it showed in the video having like touch sensitivity activation, proximity activation of circuits, audio yeah activation, little, little soundboards. Yeah, so it's super cool and very simple. You know, anyone can plug Legos in. And so, yeah, one of the pieces just has a battery. You stick like a nine volt in it and then you just connect that into the other ones in some kind of modular way. Yeah. And they all have like conductive surfaces. So you just like put these two Legos next to each other. They don't even have to be stacked. Yeah. They just have to touch and it just completes the circuit and it does whatever you tell it to do in circuit language, which is really cool to me. And I I think the idea is great. And I, I love it for kids. I think that it's an awesome learning tool. Absolutely. It's like, oh, I'm going to show you exactly how circuits work, and we're going to do it in a fun, enjoyable, safe environment. Yeah. Cool. Like, that's the coolest thing. Thank you. So they already smashed their goal, I believe. Oh, yeah. They crushed it. Yeah. And so it's awesome to see it. I'm, I'm interested to see it when it comes out. I would love to get behind it. Yeah. Well, and the cool thing about it is, is they are interchangeable with regular Lego. Yeah. So you can like build a Lego thing and then just like, oh, and here's like this other cool little element to my Lego building. Yeah, I just, just wanted to like, put a propeller on yeah, this plane. So, so cool. It is is basically like a way to take Legos, which are already like one of the coolest yeah. toys for, you know, expressing creativity that exist 
and then taking it to a whole other level. In fact, a quote from the page is, it's like Lego on steroids if steroids also gave you superpowers and taught you new languages. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, Actually, their, their Kickstarter video was awesome. Yeah, it's really, really informative and like well-made. Yeah, and then they actually crafted bits in it. Yeah, it gets you fired up. Yeah, it's so cool. it's real cool. I loved it. The production quality and value were great. So I, I'm 100% behind this product. I think it's awesome. Yeah, it is really, really cool. So a thing that I saw on uh, Kickstarter, which is, it's actually really cool, is a Flatev, which is essentially, it's like a Keurig, but for tortillas. Okay. So it's literally like a little a little portable oven type thing, and you have little cups that have like... Like the K-cups? Yeah, it's like a K-cup, but it has like flour and like, or, or like corn. Okay. Literally put it in this little machine and like push a button like, oh, I like my tortillas like crispy, and this is a corn pouch. And then it just like, <laughs> at the bottom, there's a little shelf, a little drawer, and you pull it out, and there's just like a fresh made corn tortilla. What? Yeah, and it's for people who want like a hot and fresh tortilla, but don't have like the time to make it. Yeah, yeah. It's really cool. That, no, that is super cool. Um, the funniest thing, though, is like in their, they have their video. Uh huh. And the, the woman who's like doing the video, the whole, she's speaking in like, like really like uppity, like, like crisp English, but whenever she hits tortilla, she comes in so hot, uh, and it's it's almost like shocking. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's like seriously like we all know that everyone on Earth loves just a fresh hot tortilla, and it's it's seriously like distracting. It's actually distracting from the actual content of the video. But uh, they've already like crushed their goal. Uh, it's been their their page has been up for like two or three days. Oh, that's and awesome. And they've already, so their goal was 50,000 and they've already got 70,000 pledged. Oh my Lord. Um, the unit itself is a little expensive. Okay. Even on the Kickstarter, it's like 300 bucks. Ooh. Um, so definitely not like just a novelty when you can just buy like pre-made store-bought right. if you're poor like me. <laughs> um, but it's really cool. And it's just kind of like pushing us more towards like matter extruders. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, there's going to be a point in which you just push a button and then a hamburger comes out of your fridge. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that, that is super cool because I, I like the idea of it in that I've made tortillas by hand before and it is super annoying and it requires some finesse and you can you can absolutely mess it up. Yeah. And it's cool to think like I just plug this cup in and hit a button and it does everything else for me. You can mess them up and you can mess them up bad. Oh, yeah. And then it's it's like stressful. Yeah. And I've, I've like had to throw tons of dough away. Yep. Because if if you like push the press down too hard, it just rips them. Yep. And they stick. If you And if you hold the press down too long, like they stick to it. And then they shred when you open it. Yeah. And so it does. I, I got I got it down. I got the technique down. But if I tried, I mean, that was a couple of years back. If I tried to do it right now, I, I probably couldn't even do it. And it would take some learning. So it's cool to have a machine. If you ate tacos enough, which spoiler you, alert, you eat tortillas like twice a day. Actually. Yeah. yeah. So that would actually be something I could get behind. Yeah. You'd have to like do the math on the effort of right. like how, how soon would it pay for itself at 300 bucks yeah. and buying cups. But it's yeah. just really cool. I mean, it's not something that I would probably reasonably ever own. Yeah. Um, unless I was just like, oh, I have $300 laying around. Got a, got a gaming computer to buy before then. But uh, it's really cool. And again, I kind of like that we're moving towards that yeah, absolutely. sort of technology. Yeah, yeah. 3D printers. Like Every time I get on Kickstarter, there's like a new 3D printer. Oh, yeah. that's well, there's there. like three every time. Yeah. And they're, they're all different. And I love that. And I like the idea of food moving more in that direction as well. Yeah. Print me out a tortilla. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this is the soup one. You just like 
plug these cups into it. Oh, that's and, like the easiest, right? Right. But I, well, I was saying like if if it was like gumbo or jambalaya or something like where it had stuff instead of just like a broth, that would even be cool. But I, I like the idea a lot, but that that is funny. I'm gonna have to go check out that video. Yeah, it's really funny. I mean, I'm a big fan of tortillas, so <laughs> I'll probably uh, I'll probably get one. <laughs> Love it. Complete. Program terminated.